It is Monday, May 9th, 2022. Welcome back to another episode of the premier fantasy football podcast from Pro Football Network. As always, I'm your host, BJ Rudell. With me, as always, is PFN fantasy analyst Jason Katz, better known as Katz. Uh, we're going to roll through. Last week, uh, we did the first eight uh, running backs taken in the NFL draft and fantasy implications. We are painting pictures here, team by team, player by player, position by position of the type of fantasy ranges we might expect at this early going from some of these players, some of whom might not see the field much. Others might be thrown right into it. And for others, an injury midseason might make them into fantasy gold. We're going to start with Isaiah Spiller, uh, drafted by the Chargers. Cats, what are your thoughts on Spiller going into this season? Uh, not the biggest fan of Spiller as a talent. Uh, Size-wise, he, he has it 6 feet, 217 pounds has the physical ability to be a three down back, but it's a day three pick ran a four, six, a four at his pro day, which we would adjust like a four, six, nine, very, very poor speed score. I'm just, I'm not optimistic about Spiller ever emerging into this useful or productive fantasy asset. With that said, I do think Spiller was drafted by the chargers because Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree simply weren't getting it done. Justin Jackson is a free agent. They need someone behind Austin Eckler who has seen his opportunity share increase every year of his career, culminating in a career high 67% last season. That was top 10 in the NFL. I do not think that Chargers ever intended to give Austin Eckler nearly 300 touches. Had he played all 17 games, he would have gotten to 300 touches last year, finished with 276 in 16 games. So I think Spiller is there to take to ease some of the load off of Eckler. I do think Spiller is probably worth drafting and redraft leagues at the end because if something does happen to Eckler and he was hurt for the better part of the 2020 season then Spiller could have some fantasy value but as we saw last season or, or two seasons prior when Eckler went down people picked up Kelly and Roundtree and, and Jackson and there was there wasn't that much there uh, so I, I'm not overly optimistic but there's definitely something there's there's there's, there's not nothing here with Spiller yeah, I think if Jackson were still on the team, if, 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 if contracts were different and they could have just cut Kelly, I would be a little more concerned about Spiller because Jackson looked pretty good. Uh, it's, it seems clear they don't want to pay him, um, and they'd rather just get a, you know, another rookie in the draft who can be an expendable kind of bit player. Maybe Spiller gets 40, 50 touches um, to help spell Eckler. But I'll be very interested to see uh, without a true backup and with, like you said, without Kelly and Roundtree really stepping up, uh, is if Spiller is just a little bit better uh, than you might think, uh, which is possible, and we never know, does he play? I mean, James Conner was similarly slow. If Spiller can somehow be the guy, he could be one of the biggest handcuffs in the draft. It's just because he's a rookie, we don't know. And that's why it's very risky to invest a lot. Speaking of risky uh, of investing a lot, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, uh, the Patriots uh, seem to uh, not be risk averse at all when it comes to drafting quarterbacks and running backs uh, when uh, it doesn't seem to make sense uh, for a team that uh, could be uh, some other players away from getting past the Bills. I don't think anyone they drafted on the running back or quarterback position are going to help them get past the Bills. But let's talk about these two running backs. Uh, it, does it mean that Damian Harris is now going to go the way of Sonny Michelle and possibly get traded? Or is this a case where uh, we've got two running backs in Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris who are just going to bide their time in case somebody gets hurt 
and then we'll see them perhaps in 2023. Well, Damian Harris is entering his fourth NFL season. It's possible that the Patriots do not intend to extend him. Uh, in fact, it might even be likely at this point. Uh, they also have Ramondre Stevenson. I just didn't understand why they would spend two draft picks on two running backs. I know they were both on day three, but it just seems like this is a backfield where they, they have three guys, actually. They have Harris and Stevenson as the one-two in terms of like power running. And then they have James White still there in the receiving role. Why did they need two more running backs? I mean, Pierre Strong has a nice prospect profile. Uh, he played at a small school, South Dakota State, but he's ran, he ran a 4.37. He's really fast, and he was very productive. He, he could excel if he was given opportunity. Kevin Harris, uh, viewed as a, as a power runner, but he ran a, but he's at a 4.61, 40 time, uh, not overly fast. But again, also someone who was productive in college, had uh, 1,100 yards in 2020. Um, these are guys that are capable but I'm just not sure what they're going to do if they're going to play at all as, at all as rookies. If we recall, Damian Harris in 2019 as a rookie was active for all of two games. And that's just not something you see typically from rookie running backs. They either jump in and excel right away, or they're kind of mired in a backup role for a while, perhaps maybe getting a chance later on. So I, I see something similar where one of Harris or Strong, or Strong is just not going to be active, possibly both of them. And I, I don't see either being fantasy relevant unless there's an injury to Harris and possibly an injury to also either James White or Ramondre Stevenson as well. Yeah, I think last year was kind of a fluke with James White getting hurt early. It opened the door for the Patriots to do what they normally don't do, which is put a lot on one running back. Damian Harris uh, was, I think, probably top 12 uh, fantasy running back. I'd have to look it up. Uh, he was up there. That's very unusual in a, for a Patriots running back. Like Garrett Blount got there with like, 1920 touchdowns that one year a few years ago but normally this is a case where at any one time uh bill belichick might switch out the running back and go with somebody else last year it was a much more top heavy type of situation the concern here for those drafting damian harris and i'm still on the fence on how i feel about harris it's still too soon to know is will harris be one of those players that that the patriots decide they don't want to overutilize. Maybe they are going to try to trade him during the season. Maybe they don't want him to get hurt, in which case uh, they want to see what they have in the other guys. It's a horrible situation for fantasy managers who draft any of them. But again, still too early to know. Um, uh, moving on to Hassan Haskins uh, for the Titans. Uh, there was some buzz on our Slack channel at Pro Football Network when that happened of, uh, well, there's Derrick Henry's you know, new handcuff. Uh, they still have uh, Dontrell Hilliard, I believe. Uh, they let Dante Foreman go. Uh, they gave up on Darrington Evans, which probably made sense. Uh, it, do you look at Hassan Haskins from what you know about him, Katz? Do you see him as a true handcuff potential guy, or is he just another running back to throw in that backfield? Uh, I, I do see Hassan Haskins as the most likely handcuff. Uh, previously, it was believed to be Darrington Evans when the Titans drafted him in the, the end of the third round in 2020. Haskins uh, similarly drafted in the fourth round, and he has more draft capital than Dontrell Hilliard, who was in a UDFA in 2018. Um, Hilliard was productive last year when he was splitting time with Deontay Foreman after Henry went down, but I think that they would prefer a younger, uh, presumably more talented running back in Hassan Haskins. Um, not the greatest running back. I mean, he had an excellent, excellent final year at Michigan with 1,300 yards, 20 total touchdowns. Didn't really catch passes, just a 5.6% college target share in his final season. 
so I, I don't know if they're going to use him in that role or if they're going to still have Hilliard as their receiving back. I kind of think they will. It seems like Haskins would only get involved either to take a carry or two here and there when Henry needs a breather, or if Henry went down, I could see Haskins going into that primary rusher role while Hilliard operates as the passing down back. But I don't see any chance where Hassan Haskins has fantasy value with a healthy Derrick Henry. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Agree 100%. Tyler Algier, Falcons, probably the last of the really interesting, uh, really interesting fantasy uh, impact running back picks of the draft. He was, I believe, the 13th running back taken. Uh, uh, it is a backfield uh, desperate for help. I'll jump in and say you've got Cordero Patterson coming off a career year, uh, going on 31 years old, I believe. Uh, Quadri Allison, I think, is uh, still in that backfield. Uh, the team remains a bit of a mess. When you look at the playmakers, when you get past uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, and you know they drafted a receiver, they drafted uh, a quarterback and Desmond Ritter, so they're starting to, to take shape. But you've got to believe here that Tyler Algier is in this fascinating situation of a guy who could right out the gate get 150 to 200 touches, maybe not quality touches, but he, it seems like he'll get thrown into the fire. Is he the next kind of Mike Davis? Uh, you take whatever you can get from him and hope for a touchdown in a rookie campaign, or is there something more special about him potentially? I wouldn't call Tyler Algier special by any stretch, but he he did have a 10% target college target share in his senior season at BYU. And that sends a message that the Falcons are looking for a running back that can help them in the passing game, which makes sense given their problems at wide receiver following Calvin Ridley's suspension and Russell Gage's departure. They have Drake London as their presum presumptive wide receiver one and Kyle Pitts is their de facto wide receiver. I guess he's the wide receiver one and London's the two. Those are the guys that are going to lead this team in targets. Then you have Cordero Patterson who they brought back 31 year old, converted gadget player was a receiver now as a running back there was, there was talk that they want to use him more as a receiver this year even though down the stretch of last season they started using him more as a running back so it's hard to know what to expect there but they definitely need an improvement on mike davis other than tyler algier and cordero patterson the only other running back of note is damian williams and we have 30 year old former undrafted free agent and a 31 year old former gadget player kick returner wide receiver running back the competition for tyler algier is as, as weak as it could be. He can't ask for a better opportunity to ascend a death chart. On the other side of that, though, he is still a fifth-round pick. There is no guarantee he'll even be active. He could be behind Kadri Allison and end up being the RB4. I do think Algier will get a chance to show what he can do, but I will just caution dynasty managers, that, as we've seen with guys like Michael Carter and James Robinson and Philip Lindsay, it really doesn't matter how well Algier performs as a rookie even if he ends up being a nice surprise in redraft, there is a very good chance that he is vaporized by somebody else in 2023. So just keep that in mind when, when you're thinking about drafting Tyler Algier in Dynasty Leagues. Um, great image, uh, vaporizing fantasy players. <laughs> that, will, that will stay with me. Um, uh, going on to somebody who, with very low expectations, Snoop Connor uh, from the Jaguars. And let's throw in Jerome Brown, Jerome Ford from the Browns. Uh, these two guys, uh, uh, it seems, you know, it's, this is, these are depth picks. Uh, I didn't really understand the Jerome Ford one. I understand a bit more than the Snoop Connor one. Uh, but then again, uh, with Jerome Robbins, uh, with, uh, uh, with, with, uh, 
James uh, with Robinson coming off his uh, injury and Travis Etienne uh, coming off his injury. I can see the case for let's make sure we have depth just in case. Uh, but that being said, what are your thoughts about uh, Connor and Ford? I'll start with Snoop Connor. Uh, well, well, both these guys are fifth round picks. And when you look at a fifth round pick, you typically think just depth. I know we just talked about Tyler Algier, our fifth round pick is possibly being able to actually have relevance, but we have to look at the backfield as a whole. And Algier's walking into a backfield without a presumptive feature back, whereas Snoop Connor and Jerome Ford have multiple guys ahead of them, clearly ahead of them, that are that are proven commodities. With Jerome Ford, we've got Nick Chubb as the one, Kareem Hunt as the two. Dearness Johnson as the three. There is talk that maybe Hunt or Johnson could potentially be released. Even so, at best, we're looking at Ford being third on the depth chart of a team that wants to run the ball. And uh, Ford might be even better used in the passing game. 21 receptions in his senior year at Cincinnati. Um, not, not the largest target share, but Chubb is that early down grinder. He's never losing that job. He's not ceding carries to anyone. So Ford would have to be involved in the passing game to have any sort of fantasy relevance. He likely needs multiple injuries. Not going to matter in fantasy this year, most likely. And Snoop Connor, um, we do have James Robinson and Travis Etienne both coming off uh, very serious injuries. But by all accounts, Etienne will be healthy. Robinson should be healthy or ready to go earlier in the year. We've, we saw Cam Akers return from a torn Achilles in just five and a half months. So Robinson should be ready to be the 1B or the backup to Travis Etienne. I don't see Snoop Connor having much relevance on a Jacksonville Jaguars offense that is unlikely to be able to support three fantasy relevant running backs as no offense offense can. So I, I don't, th don't think there's anything to see here with Snoop Connor other than depth. I'm going to predict with uh, Ford. I think, I think the brands are going to be big sellers this season. Uh, I think uh, uh, that is quite, that is more likely than not in what should be a much tougher division than even what we saw last year. Uh, the Steelers quarterback situation got better um uh, during the off season uh the uh, ravens defense will get better uh the browns it's unclear whether deshaun watson will even start week one or if the nfl will hand uh down a suspension i suspect the browns are not going to sit around and wait for kareem hunt's contract to expire um i think they're pretty much stuck with chubb and i don't think they mind that uh he's going to be good for the next three years on this team uh that's how long they have him I would not be surprised. They have Dernis Johnson. It didn't make sense to me that they get Ford unless they, they're ready to move Hunt if this season starts to tank. And so I see Dernis Johnson as a very intriguing uh, end of the draft, you know, deep league pickup, and then you just keep an eye on Ford and Dynasty, but it's quite unlikely that Ford is going to do much of anything unless Chubb gets hurt. But keep that in mind. Feel free to push back uh, uh, later this season if I was completely wrong, especially if I was completely wrong. But I do think this draft pick signals uh, some openness to the Browns realizing that uh, they are not a Super Bowl contender the way they even looked at the beginning of last season when they were built on both sides of the ball to be a Super Bowl contender. And actually, the first few games of the season, they looked dang good with their running attack. Uh, of course, we saw what uh, happened after that. Uh, finishing things off, uh, Cats with the final few players, starting with Kyron Williams uh, for the Rams. That one actually is very intriguing uh, with Cam Akers uh, still looking rusty, to put it nicely, during the playoffs last season. Um, I was excited to see him come back. I was pushing him as a you know top five, top six fantasy running back heading into this season. 
And then as I watched him play, I thought, you know, it, it, it's, is he, he's tentative, obviously. This happens a lot with players coming off a serious injury like he had. Uh, but the question is, is he going to be the guy or do they want a split backfield? Uh, they've got Daryl Henderson. What role do you think Kyron Williams realistically will play? Is he just bench fodder? It's hard for me to get excited about Kyron Williams. I know that uh, a lot of film grinders uh, like him a lot. They like what he put on film. But on a macro level, he ran a 4.7240 initially. Eventually, he ran it again this pro day and ended up getting it just as like a 4.65. But the reality is I'm buying that 4.72 number. And uh, three years ago, uh, Hayden Winks did a study on speed on running back speeds and how it, it predicts NFL success. And the reality is regardless of size, because we do need to typically adjust 40 times for size. If you run slower than a four, six, five, it's pretty much a death sentence. Of course there are outliers, but I'm not going to bank on Kyron Williams fifth round pick being an outlier. No running back torpedoed his stock more than Kyron Williams did in terms of athletic testing, just a complete flop across the board. And I just, he's the RB3 now. I guess he can pass Jake Funk. He's behind Akers and Henderson, but I would be stunned if he ever mattered. I'm, I'm just not willing to chase the outlier here. So if he ends up proving me wrong, great for him, but I'm just not buying into it. Very good. Well, um, uh, I, I, uh, you've heard what Katz has said. I'm not going to disagree at this point, but I do think that Rams, Rams backfield is more intriguing than it appears currently. Um, I, I really want to see how they do load management on that team, knowing that injuries almost derailed their chances uh, at a Super Bowl. I mean, th there are so many things that went wrong injury-wise for that team. Uh, when you think about uh, essentially their number two receiver and then in the Super Bowl, their next number two receiver, and then, of course, Cam Akers uh, losing him at the start of the season or before the season started and getting back only a, a, a ghost of himself. Uh, it's incredible what they did, and I think they're going to learn their lesson and try to do some load management. A big thank you again, as always, to Jason Katz, better known as Katz. I'm BJ Rudell, Pro Football Network. Find us at profootballnetwork.com. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you tomorrow.